Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. I could weep. I could absolutely weep. I, my cup overflows. What a, yes, go ahead. Thank you. Honestly, I, I, I feel so grateful, so full of just gratitude of what the Lord is doing among us. Amazing. Uh, I have something else to tell you that will make you feel even more grateful. Um, we family, Charlie, Aoife, and Lily, they're here for the first time with baby Aiden. Where are you guys? Oh, I, uh, oh there you are, over there. Welcome. Welcome. I hope you guys get to have a wee look at baby Aiden. He's so gorgeous. And our own Alex's family from Canada are here. They told me that uh, every time they come to Northern Ireland, the weather's like this. I asked them if they wanted to move here. What an incredible series we've been walking through together as a community, this uh, series called Walk This Way. Um, And we've heard about rest and hunger and worship and love. And today, it's as if the Lord planned it himself. We're going to explore celebration. And don't we have so much to celebrate? Wow. So I was on Instagram once, because I'm too cool for Instagram. But that one time that I went on it, I read this interesting thing. And it really interested me. And I thought, I'm going to read that on Sunday to people to see what they think about it. All right, so I'm going to read this to you. Today is going to be super informal. You talk back to me, I'll talk to you, talk to me, okay? So I want you to listen to it and I want to see what you think about it. This is what it said. Seize life. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. Oh yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. Hence... Don't skimp on colors and scarves. Relish life with the spouse you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Make the most of each one. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it and heartily. This is your last and only chance at it, for there is neither work to do nor thoughts to think in the company of the dead where you are most certainly headed. What do you think? Hands up if you think those are words that we should live by. Someone said love it. Definitely. Well, sir... You are the most spiritual of all of us. Because actually, I didn't read that on Instagram. I told a little lie. That's actually in the Bible. Ecclesiastes 9, 7 through 10. It's in the Bible. Who knew that YOLO was biblical? 
I hate when people say that, YOLO. I hope that's not a thing anymore, is it? Is it I should ask you, is it still a thing? <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's not a thing anymore. YOLO. What amazing words. This comes from a book in the Bible that is part of something called the wisdom literature. So this is supposed to be telling us practically how to live. And I love it. Now, for me, my journey of celebration was sort of expediated. Is that a word? Is that a word? No? Have I made that up? You heard it here first. Expediated. Write it down. Let's put it in circulation. By moving here to Northern Ireland. I think that you might have helped to teach me how to be a person who leaned into celebration. And, and if I'm honest, if I'm really honest, I'm side salad here for a minute. I really love living in Northern Ireland. I've been here for 14 years and I love it. It's a great place to be. And I think sometimes, you know, we like to play a little game where we complain about living in Northern Ireland, but really, it's amazing. And I have decided that I would like to take a little moment uh, today and sort of put my application in to become an honorary Northern Irish person. Now, the reason I'm doing that here is because I heard from somewhere official, that if 20 or more Northern Irish people are together, right, and a person who was not born in Northern Ireland wants to be known as a Northern Irish person, they can submit a request to these 20 people. And these 20 people can talk amongst themselves and offer that. So you are my 20 or more people, okay? All right, so here's my application, a few reasons why I think that it would be a good idea for you here this morning to let me in. Are you ready? In the last 14 years, I've noticed that my uh, relationship and posture to the weather has become like your relationship and posture to the weather and that I just find now all weather offensive, all of it. <laughs> And I, I do genuinely feel like there's a reason to complain about any type of weather that comes our way, particularly this weather that we're having now. Now, don't get me wrong, day one of this heat wave, I was delighted, okay? Day two, the suspicion crept in, all right? Day three, I was saying that all um, too well-known phrase, too hot. It's too hot, it's too close. <laughs> Number two, um, when I first moved here, my dear, dear father-in-law had to stop just speaking to me altogether because, um, well, to be quite honest with you, I was convinced for about five years that he was not actually speaking English, but that he was... <laughs> 
fluent in Ulster Scots and was speaking that to me. Um, and now, 14 years on, I am here to happily tell you that actually now, I'm the only person in the family that understands him, which to me means that I obviously am fluent in Ulster Scots also. I mean, and then the other thing sort of along those lines is I have gifted to you from my very own body three of the most Northern Irish people I have ever met in my children. Case in point, a couple of years ago, they came home tickled beyond belief about something that had happened at school, and I said, what's going on? They're like, mommy, you'll never believe it. So we're sitting there, and Carl says, and I said, wait a minute, who's Carl? They go to a tiny school, 80 kids, Everybody knows everybody. So who's Carl? Is he a new kid in school? Mommy, what are you talking about? Carl, you know Carl. I said, I do not know Carl. Now, I know sometimes I forget things, but I would remember someone named Carl at school. I would remember that. There's not a lot of kids named Carl. And then they said, Mommy, no, Carl, our classroom assistant. And I said, I'm going to stop you right there. Someone's lying because I know every classroom assistant at the school, and there's no, first of all, there's no man classroom assistant, and none of them named Carl. Well, weren't they talking about Carol? <laughs> and now I get it, because I do, I do get it. I'm like, you know what? Why use two syllables when you could just use one? If you really think about it, it's very wasteful and quite frankly irresponsible to do it. And so I am totally, totally there. And, and I see, we live in a small community, I see this classroom assistant all the time. I was down at the US bar just the other day and here's me, Carl, Carl. It's too hot, too hot, not for me. Which leads me to my last piece of evidence for your consideration in my application to be considered an honorary Northern Irish person. Um, this one's a bit sensitive. I have to be careful how I say it, but um, guys, um, Americans, am I right? <laughs> I see it now. I see it. Um, it's just that that level of enthusiasm is, I find it aggressive <laughs> um, and just highly unnecessary. Uh, there's not that many awesome things in the world. If everything's awesome, nothing's awesome. Do you know what I mean? It, I get it. I totally get it. Um, and now you have to accept my application because all the Americans in the room are going to run back and tell the government and my citizenship's going to be revoked and I'll be without a citizenship. Anyway. But I do, I, I, I love living here. And I've learned so much about the art of celebration while I've been here. And what's interesting is I feel like actually the enemy of God contests celebration in our wee country so much. I can see when I read that scripture, when I told you it was scripture, that sense of like, ooh, ooh, 
could we really enjoy life with that type of just surrender? You know who finds it easy to celebrate, I've noticed? Kids. Have you ever seen a kid celebrate something that's not even a thing, like not even a thing, right? Um, for instance, if you yell throughout your house and you have kids, dinner! I don't know if you've ever seen a kid do this. At one stage, I thought one of mine was having a breakdown. It was like, dinner! <laughs> They're gonna feed us! It's just that they're just they're just poised, waiting for something to celebrate, and they'll celebrate anything. Have you ever uh, told like a Northern Irish person of a certain age something exciting is about to happen, or, or offered them a chance to celebrate? I have a feisty friend in her 80s, and we were due to go to the same wedding the next day. And as I was saying goodbye to her, I said, all right now, I'll see you tomorrow at the wedding. It's going to be great. Won't it be fun? I'll see you at the wedding. And she said, all being well. <laughs> I thought, what does she know? We're, we're a little bit like that, aren't we? It's almost like she was saying, listen now, hopefully I will see it this wedding. But there's a very good chance that we'll all get hit by a bus before it happens, so let's just relax that enthusiasm until we're there. <laughs> but this morning, I really want to encourage us to not relax our enthusiasm for a little bit and ask ourselves the question, is the Father inviting us in to a more joyful life? Now, the first thing I want to talk about is why we celebrate. Why? Like, what's the motivation? I've not just gotten a promotion. I didn't just win the lottery. The bills are still coming in. Why? Now, some of you don't know me well, so I need to preface this by saying that I, some would say that I am a pessimist. I would say that I'm a realist, okay? So this isn't coming from somebody who's just like naturally optimistic all the time, okay? But why? Why celebrate? I cast my eyes to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. One of my most favorite phrases, and maybe they say it other places, but I'd never heard it until I moved here, is um, you ever talk to somebody and they have like an object or something that they've had for a long time and it's, it's worked well for them. And when you ask them about it, they'll say, uh, oh yeah, doesn't owe me a thing. This car doesn't owe me a thing. 
You see the screwdriver? Doesn't owe me a thing. <laughs> Here is the thing. Jesus doesn't owe us a thing. If he does nothing else for us, he's already gone above and beyond anything any of us could ever ask for or wish to have. His generosity towards us is already overflowing into eternity. We can celebrate that this morning, can't we? Yeah, we can walk through life celebrating that. Another reason I feel like the Holy Spirit is impressed in my heart as to why I should live a life of celebration is because celebration will sustain you through present suffering and the suffering that is sure to come. Now that sounds like a big downer, doesn't it? But the reality is, life has its fair share of suffering, doesn't it? And sometimes I think we believe that celebrating and having joy ushers in suffering. Like, whoever this mystery person is that we're waiting around to come and pull the rug out from under our feet, that if we sort of tiptoe around them, shh, let's not let them know we're here, then maybe sorrow and suffering won't find us. If we're honest, some of us are sort of living in that superstitious way of living life, aren't we? But the reality is it doesn't matter whether you celebrate or not. It doesn't matter whether you take joy or not. Whether you grab hold of the pleasure of life or not. Because in John 16:33 we are told that in this life you will have trouble. It's not might. It's not maybe. Raise your hand if you've been able to live this long and escape any sort of suffering. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome, Jesus says. In Romans 5, 3, it says, and not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Now, there is a suffering that comes from being unwise and lacking character. Avoid that suffering. But there's also a suffering that comes from, and you're not going to hear this a lot, but there is a suffering that comes from following the way of Jesus. And there's a suffering that comes from, frankly, just being alive. Unavoidable. So take joy. Make yourself easy for joy to find. Joy and celebration gird you for the fight ahead. And your spirit will wither 
through the trials and testing if you don't make celebration a daily holy habit. Now, how do we celebrate? Well, this is the fun bit. I love calling the celebration that I'm talking about this morning a holy celebration. Because there's a difference between sometimes what we see people do and call it celebration and what the Father is inviting us into. Holy celebration is an invitation for you to take pleasure, but not to be selfish. It can be an invitation to drink good wine and feast on good food, but it's not an invitation for drunkenness or gluttony. Holy celebration is an invitation to step out of the life lived according to your perspective. What you see, the way you can process what's happening in life. To step out of that and into a life lived, submitted to, and finding joy in the perspective of heaven. Holy celebration is not a denial that life is hard. It's a declaration that Jesus is still good. Now, this is the part where I want you to let your imaginations run free. Most of the time when speakers are up here, they want you not to let your imagination run free. But this is where I want you to allow yourself to have some lovely ideas. And if you have a pen and paper, jot it down. I will permit you to use your notes on the iPhone. But if I see Instagram, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because I want us, I do believe that as I go through this next uh, section, that the Lord is going to give you ideas for you, for your home, for your family, for your friends, on how to live a life of holy celebration. Now, one thing I've learned, celebration is a discipline. It's a choice. So waiting to feel like it is not wise. Okay? Sometimes you will feel like it. Most of the time, you won't, okay? Let's take inventory. I like to break it up into four sections. And when I sat and I thought, how do I live a life of holy celebration? I broke it up into four sections. My daily celebrations, my weekly celebrations, my monthly celebrations, my yearly celebrations, okay? What does it look like to have daily celebrations? I mean, there's not enough hours in a day to be throwing like a party every day, is there? So these look like mini celebrations. These many ways where I choose to look through heaven's eyes at the moment that I'm living in right then. So I've taken to celebrating waking up. When I was uh, in youth group in the States, and uh, my youth group was on youth group steroids, all right? I, I listened to Chris's story. I was like, yep, that was me. We were on a missions trip to Honduras, and we stayed in this massive communal house, and I feel like the house must have been made of cardboard. And side note, um, this has nothing to do with anything, but we, there were wires kind of like this hanging from above us when we were sleeping, and it was like a regular house. And every 
once in a while, there were mornings where you woke up and there was a rat hanging above your head. And uh, you could hear everything through the walls. And we had some incredibly enthusiastic youth leaders. I mean, youth leaders are enthusiastic, full stop. American youth leaders? Jeez Louise. And they would do this thing that would annoy me every morning and get him through the walls, and they would say, Good morning, Lord. What are we going to do today? I remember thinking, how cheesy. I feel like I was Northern Irish even before I ever came to Northern Ireland. <laughs> but it's, it stuck with me because it reeked of celebration. It dripped with expectancy of joy and opportunity. And so now, sometimes in the morning, I hear myself in my head say, good morning, Lord. What are we going to do today? A mini celebration, just waking up and greeting the Lord first. I asked myself the other day, I was trying to help myself because I'm trying to wean myself off my iPhone. Anybody else like that? Anybody else know you have a weird relationship with your phone? You know it and you can't stop it. You know, so I'm trying to like put some things in place and I remember I wrote down, what do I want to do before I reach my iPhone? And the things I wrote down is I want to greet my, I want to greet the Lord. I want to greet my husband. And I would actually like to greet my children before I scrolled through anything. Good morning, Lord. It's a tiny celebration. Do you have family that you live with? Do they annoy you? Yeah. Is it kind of weird and annoying and ooh when you have to interact with them before you've had your morning coffee? I have to make a confession. I don't w wake up in the morning going, oh, I hope my kids are awake. <laughs> and to be fair, I think they wake up in the morning going, I hope she's still asleep. <laughs> but I realize that I want to celebrate being able and having the privilege of living with people that both delight me and sometimes annoy me. What a privilege, what a gift. And so I'm trying really hard, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but the first thing out of my mouth to the people in my home is a blessing. Good morning, it's really good to see you. How'd you sleep? Some mini celebration of what I have Thank you, Lord, for these people that are going to do my head in today. Because when I'm old and gray, I'll spend my days sitting about how delightful it was to have these people to do my head in. Celebrate bedtime. Celebrate that you made it through another day. Might not have been perfect. Celebrated. We're a really loud family. I know that's shocking to you. We're still trying to figure out how not to shout as much. We've got really big personalities under our roof. 
And recently, we've started to celebrate bedtime by gathering together. And I mean, honestly, minutes before, there could have been a knockdown row. But the goal is that the last things we say to one another in the day is, I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Cuddles. Celebrate bedtime, many celebrations. Let the Lord bring to you ideas of what that looks like in your day. Weekly celebrations. Ours is Sunday lunch. Now, it used to be that I would only do Sunday lunch when we had people coming over, and then all the other Sundays I would just throw crusty rolls and soup at my children. And um, then lockdown happened, and I remember going, oh, I just can't wait to have people over and like to host and get out the tablecloths and the good plates. And, and woo, the Holy Spirit gently spoke to me, but it floored me. He said, why don't you host your family the way you host other people? So now, on the Sundays that we're not traveling or that we're home, I get out the tablecloth. I brought my tablecloth. It's white. It's brave, isn't it? I get out the tablecloth. I get out the cloth napkins. You realize that all this represents more work for me, right? <laughs> Before, during, and after. I get out the gold color. This is the Christmas cutlery. It's just the five of us. And then grab some candles. Why? Because why not? I put on nice music. And I celebrate my family. Because I can. You know, another one of my weekly celebrations is this. With you. And do you know, I'll tell you a secret. I don't always want to come. I don't always wake up on a Sunday morning going, yes. But then I land here. And I see your faces. And all of a sudden I realize I needed this. I hear stories like what Chris told, and I needed to come and celebrate with the family of God that no matter how my week went, that God is still moving. And your win is my win. And then I go home and I start thanking the Lord for what he's doing in your life. Even when I'm still waiting on something in my life. It's a discipline. It's a choice. Monthly celebrations. 
I just decided today that um, I didn't even discuss this with my husband. I've declared a new monthly celebration. And uh, for any of you that do a lot of the cooking in your house or the cleaning or the washing, you'll understand the effort it takes to get a whole family through a month. The amount of laundry, the washing, and how, somehow you're always washing, but then the washing's never done. The cooking. The, I, all I want for Christmas is a clean kitchen. Really is. So decided that I'm going to celebrate getting through the end of a month by the last Friday of the month, I'm closing the kitchen. I'm going to send the kids off to school once school starts again. And I'm going to scrub my kitchen to within an inch of its life. And then I'm going to go pick the kids up from school. We're not going home. We're going to go, I don't know, to the park. Then I'm going to feed them some really unhealthy food like McDonald's or a chippy. Something cheap and cheerful. And then I might take them back to the park, make them run all the energy out. And then I'm only bringing them home when it's time to get in the bed. And I'm going to walk into my clean house. And then I'm putting them in the bed, and it's going to be clean for the whole evening. No one gets to tell you how you celebrate. But celebrate. Find the things. Throw a dinner party with some friends for no reason. Dress up for dinner for no reason. Genuinely, I purchased this uh, jumpsuit for a gig, actually. And I sometimes, I'm like, a, is anyone else like a hoarder of nice things? My uh, stepdad's like this. He will buy new things, and my mom, it drives her insane because he's got like a whole wardrobe with tags still on it. And she's like, can you wear those shirts? He's like, I'm waiting <laughs> for the right time that I have that. And this morning, getting ready for this talk, I was like, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to wear my jumpsuit. <laughs> yes. It's a little celebration of life. And you know your yearly celebrations, the obvious ones, Christmas. We call it the Christmas festival in our house because we try to make it last for as long as possible. Easter birthdays. This is where I'm not very Northern Irish, guys. I just have to confess with you. You have to put that in the application. I want to be really honest, you know. I want you to know what you're getting. Um, if you are a child here, if you have a child, you might want to cover their ears right now um, because I just want to say, in my house, on your birthday, you get to choose whether or not you go to school. I know. The teachers are hating me right now. <laughs> and when you wake up, you'll wake up to something like a room full of balloons. And the whole family, your mom, your dad, your siblings, all of their attention is on you. You get to choose your birthday breakfast. So on my kids' birthdays, there's often sweets consumed with pancakes and omelet. It's the weirdest combination of things. And funny enough, my children, because they're very social and they love their friends, they actually do choose to go to school on their birthday, but only for half day. And then they want to get picked up from McDonald's. 
and then there's sleepovers and birthday dinners, and it, it's big, it's crazy, it's over the top, it's actually ridiculous, it's not necessary, it's a celebration, it's extravagance. Don't let those days pass you by. Be known as a person that is extravagant with your joy. Not for yourself, for the people in your life. Make up reasons to celebrate. Right? One time the Tesco order came and it was way cheaper than it was supposed to be. I was like, we're having a party! One time the Tesco order came and I bought like Tesco's own brand or something, but they ran out and they had to give me Tesco's finest and give me money back. I was like, are we done in tonight? <laughs> Psalm 23, which is one of my favorite portions of scripture, and I'm sure it's um, a favorite of some of you in this room also. It's a beautiful, beautiful scripture. And it has a bit where it says, he's laid a table before me. He lays a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <sighs> there are many of us in this room who feel regularly the presence of our enemies. Some of us are battling a long battle with depression. Some of us have very broken down family units. Some of us feel a sense of hopelessness in the direction of our lives and some of us are just barely keeping our head above water, the, 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 the wavy seas of anxiety. And in the middle of all that, the Lord has got out the good tablecloth. He's brought out the Christmas cutlery, the good china. And he has prepared a feast for you in the presence of all of those things that would seek to destroy you. He says, let's celebrate. I want to invite the band to come on up here. I don't know if it's my age. I don't know if it's my stage in life. I don't know if it's just something that the Lord is doing or maybe it's all of these things. But the beautiful and wonderful perspective of youth that this thing we call life lasts forever has worn off on me. And the days feel like they're getting shorter. 
And as much as I joke and say, can't wait for the kids to grow up, I, I genuinely feel a grief every time another inch is added onto their height. And I have this sense that time is moving. And I can't stop it, and you can't stop it. But what we can do is live it to fully occupy it. I have this thing I do in my head that Andrew tells me is very morbid, but I, I do like to imagine myself as a wrinkly, old, old lady in my deathbed. And if I have the privilege, all being well, of being that woman, all I want in life is to be able to be on that deathbed, giggling my way into eternity, knowing that I took life like a wet cloth and wring it dry of all the joy that the Lord offered me. I don't want it said of me that I missed any chance to celebrate, to love, to laugh. So I want you to stand with me this afternoon, if you can. Let's not let fear or superstition or waiting for the right time or even laziness keep us from this unique moment in our story where on this side of eternity we are invited to take joy and to feast in the presence of imperfection. You see, when we, when we finally reside in the new heaven and the new earth, when it is finally here, that's one thing we'll not be able to ever do again. It's to offer to the Lord a sacrifice of a worshipful and celebratory heart in the presence of our enemies. There's something very special you have the opportunity to do here on this side of eternity. And this morning, I don't need you to feel like it. That's the good news. You don't need to feel like it. I'm not asking you if the Holy Spirit is stirring your emotions. I'm saying to you that you have been given this one beautiful chance to know the king of kings in an imperfect world to be the carrier of beauty and joy here for people who are suffering without hope right now you have that opportunity. 
So we're going to sing a song together, and it's called Raise a Hallelujah. And do you know what? I'm going to invite you to come to the front to fill the spaces and the, the aisles and, and come, not because you feel like it, because, but because Jesus doesn't owe you anything. Come and sing from your heart because if he never blessed you again, you already have everything you need. This is our response this morning, this moment signifying how we intend on moving forward in our life from here on out. Come and sing with us. <laughs> 